Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Steve Bell. Steve is a singer-songwriter, storyteller. He's a troubadour for our time, and he's had a career of over 30 years as a musician traveling around the world, sharing a message of love, hope, and faith through his songs, his stories, his writings. He's quite a profound individual, and he has so much to share with us today on the podcast. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Keith here, and I'm just really, really excited for this episode in particular today. I have Steve Bell joining me, and for those of you that aren't aware of Steve Bell, he truly is uh, an inspiring guy who's been playing music for several years, I think over 30 years as a a musician, and um, just his music and his messages are just embedded with love and faith and Um, He's really got a focused mission of refreshing Christian faith and the spiritual tradition. And watching Steve over the years, I've been just so inspired by the way that he is able to make um, things very accessible and has a really refreshing perspective when it comes to faith and spirituality. He's from the Christian tradition, and uh, in this day and age, I think we're living in a time where a lot of us are very conflicted when it comes to spirituality and making sense of that all while navigating in the world. So I suspect this is gonna be a conversation today that's really gonna be refreshing and also a chance to deepen our awareness of who we really are and what it means to be connected um, on many different levels. So before we get into the conversation with Steve today, I also wanted to just remind you to, um, if you get a chance, to check out uh, my website, keithmcpherson.ca, for a a daily inspirational email that comes through. Um, You can sign up. They're free. They come through every day, and it's a way to start out your day with some positive energy. I uh, also wanted to just um, thank you all for tuning into this podcast regularly and just be sure to subscribe um, at whichever platform you're listening to this on uh, so we can stay in touch and continue to deepen our conversations with all of these amazing people from around the world. So without further ado, we're going to get into this conversation right now with Steve Bell. I couldn't be more excited to share this with you. I hope you enjoy. Steve Bell is here and I couldn't be more excited. My heart is like bursting out of my chest right now. (laughs) It's so great to sit down with you, Steve. Oh, you too. Thanks for being here. We've got a long history. We really do go back a long way. Yeah. St. Ignatius days. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, we played, I think you played in the same church band as me before my time. When I was 12. When you were 12 years old. Yes. I used to come in from Stony Mountain and sing in the St. Ignatius um, folk mass when I was 12 years old. That's amazing. With Jeff and Rita and that, that whole crowd of people. And I'd come in, not every Sunday, but I'd come in, you know, once or twice a month. Wow. Um, which is odd because I was a Baptist boy. My dad's a Baptist minister. Yeah, how did you ever get hooked up well, with Well, the, the... the Catholic priest who was like, my father's a prison chaplain at Stony Mountain. Right. Um, he's a Protestant prison chaplain. Father Bob McDougall uh, was the Catholic prison chaplain, but he was based out of St. Ignatius. Oh, wow. And so he loved Jeff and Rita and the discernment group. And he sort of fell in love with my music and said, you got to meet these guys. And so I'd go in with him. He'd take me in. That's amazing. And yeah. you would jam with them on Sunday nights. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, I just sang. I had a couple songs that I was that that I, I knew that they knew. Day by day was one of them. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, from, from Godspell. Godspell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a few of those. They they played that their whole career. There. I know it was a great song. <laughs> yeah. And um and stuff from the uh, the Jesus Christ Superstar Canon and Godspell Canon and and like so all all that that kind of early folky folk rock Christian worshipy stuff that was coming out. Wow. It was a wonderful time. That's amazing. Yeah. And they loved me and I loved them. Yeah. You know, and I got to sing in front of people and how amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's just so crazy that we both kind of got a start playing at that church. Isn't that on interesting? Sunday nights. Yeah. Sunday nights. It was a huge influence. And I'll yeah. never forget getting on a bus. I was about 13 or 14 in Winnipeg and the bus driver said, Hey, you're the day by day boy. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And it was my first experience of being recognized publicly for, for my music. Oh, that's incredible. You're the day by day boy. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how many people actually um, stop. Well, Jeff and Rita, myself throughout the years, just that run into like, you're that person that yeah. plays Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. It had a magic to it. It did. It did. And there was something um, wonderful too about the sort of the, 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 the community spirit and, uh, and, and the worship spirit that came out of that church because yeah. it was, it was wonderful and it felt really authentic but it was unpretentious and real and it was contemporary but it wasn't pop you know what I mean like it just it, it was a really neat neat season yeah. amazing so this was at like 12 years old you're 12, 12 to about playing. 18 yep Amazing, and yeah. and you grew up in Stony Mountain or that area. Well, I was born in Calgary. Um, okay, my my dad moved to um, Drumheller, Alberta, when I was six. Um, and he was pastoring a church there. And then the government, when I was eight, the government built a federal prison, mm. uh, so Drumheller Prison. And uh, my mom and dad were struggling with the church. My mom had mental illness, and the church really didn't have a great catcher's mitt. Mm. for a pastor's wife with mental illness, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of alienation and, and, and stuff. And so dad took the job as a ch- prison chaplain. Wow. Um, and, and ironically, it saved us. I mean, the inmates had no problem with my mom being unwell. That just wasn't a requirement for being part of the club. <laughs> sure. Right? And so their whole attitude is like, we're your people, you know, uh, wow. kind of join our fellowship of brokenness here. And, and they, they sort of absorbed our family. That's where I went to church from eight years old on was in, um, in first, prison. In, yeah. In Drumheller prison. And then when I was around 12, 11, 12, dad was transferred to Stony Mountain. Okay. North of Winnipeg. That's where I met father McDougal who started taking me into St. Ignatius. Amazing. So that's how that all came about. How did the music connection start for you? Like, how, when did you start playing? And Oh, very young. My mom's a beautiful um, songwriter, piano player, singer. And um, she started us singing um, as a family when I was, I don't know, four or five, somewhere in there. We were oh, already wow. out. Dad would preach and we would sing. Oh, wow. The so, combo. Yeah, we were the Elf Bell family singers. Oh, really? Yeah. You yeah. had a name too. We had Amazing. matching outfits. Oh like, my gosh. Oh, no, no, we did. No, That's we were like awesome. the Christian Partridge family. Like we would <laughs> go around and we, um, and so we would sing and dad would preach and um, that was kind of what our family did. It, 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 it was our, our deal, you know? So pretty much every Sunday night somewhere, we were doing this thing you know, in different churches. And so we traveled, had a little PA system with column speakers. I don't know if you remember column speakers. I do, and, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and the first versions of sort of, of, you know, small powered boards and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, had to get a van so we could carry the stuff. And, wow. and it just, it was a very cool time. Um, and it really, it really was sort of what made us who we were as a family. Mm. Um, that's what we did as a family. And, and so it was, I loved it. And I, I'll never forget one of the first times I was about five or six years old and I was in a church somewhere 
I don't know if you know the song, but there's an old hymn called Nearer My God to Thee. It's just beautiful. Nearer my God to Thee. Yeah. Nearer to Thee, even though it be across that something me I forget what it was and then it goes to this high thing and I had this beautiful cherub you know little boy voice and I'll never forget I'm singing it at the front of the church and there's a woman that's having a meltdown in front of me she would have been a, you know mid 50s and just weeping as I sang oh. and I didn't understand it I didn't understand why she crying you know um, and and driving home that night you know finally say to dad dad did you see that lady crying and he said yes I did and, he, and, he's, and I said why why was she crying and I, I don't remember what he said in response, but what I do remember is that he affirmed that there was something that when we attend to our gifts and we offer them to people, that there's healing, there's medicine in it. Oh, wow. You know, and that, that there was something healing going on for her that I'll never know, that dad didn't know. Yeah. Right? But something was touching her in a deep place, and I'll never forget that experience and thinking, I want to do that with my life. Amazing. And you really have. Yeah. I, I mean, think so, to un- some degree. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've had moments in my life listening to your music in the car on tour, mm. and I break down in tears because something, mm. that medicine, that medicine is yeah. flowing through the, the music. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful, that gift. Yeah. And you can't, you can't take responsibility for it, it's a gift. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't buy it. I didn't earn it. It's just always kind of been there. Right. But I fortunately had parents that knew how to identify it and help me to um, uh, sort of take it in and 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 learn how yeah. how to use it. Right. Over right? the time. Yeah. Now it, it was like from what I understand, it wasn't always playing in church. Like you were in a fairly well known group, Elias Stritton Bell. Right. I did about ten years of nightclubs. Okay. So when I got out of high school, I mean, I grew up going to church in prisons. Right, so when I came out on my own and tried to find my way in my faith, my Christian faith out there in, in the wide world, I mean, going to um, uh, churches uh, sort of out on the street was just so foreign. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was so tidy. Oh, interesting. You know, like, and, <laughs> yeah, that's the only way I could describe it. I mean, the, the, the faith and the spirituality was tidy, and I just didn't. My life wasn't tidy. My parents' life wasn't tidy. There's mental illness or struggle. Um, the people I worshipped with, their lives weren't tidy. These are all yeah. federal prisoners. Um, these are the guys that taught me how to play guitar. Um, you know, so there was there was deep love in the community that I grew up in, but it wasn't that. Yeah. And then I started sitting in the back of churches, and people are. I mean, everybody sort of got their their best on. Um, and I'm not I'm not being critical. I'm just saying. I, know I just, what you're it saying. was foreign to me. I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And it just, so I, I found myself not knowing how or where to be a Christian. I think so many people feel that way, yeah, to be yeah. honest. I, yeah. I've never really doubted my faith. Right. I just didn't know. And I thought the problem was me, not, not the culture. Right. Right. Why don't I fit in? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I mean, I didn't know what to do with my life. I, it never occurred to me to, to have a music career. It just honestly didn't. Mm-hmm. I was going to be a, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a trumpeter. And oh, wow. I was, I was going to, I was going to go to Brandon university and study trumpet and become a band teacher. That's what I thought I was going to do. No kidding. And huh. then I had a bit of, um, uh, coming out of high school, I just had a bit of a, I, I mean, I struggled myself with depression over the years. I get something that comes to me. I, I mean, I come by it honestly. And, um, and I just was not in a good space and I was supposed to go to Brandon university that fall. And about two weeks before I just had a bit of an anxiety thing and I thought, I can't go. I just, I need a year off. Mm. And so I phoned the professor, the, the, uh, the brass instructor there, and I said, I'll come next year. And he said, well, we've got a place for you. Because they'd been kind of grooming me and to come to the college and to the university there. And I started looking for work, couldn't find anything. But I, got, I met up with Tim Elias and John Schritt. 
um, we started this folk little trio playing clubs. Um, I got another band called Dega. I also play saxophone, so that was more of a fusion band. Oh, and, wow. And we cool. started playing around town, and within a year, I, I just didn't want to quit. I was, I was enjoying myself, so I just sort of put off the idea of going to university, and I never did go. Oh, wow. Just playing the clubs. Just playing the clubs. So I Love played it. clubs for about 10 years. And um, and there were some highs and lows. I mean, one of the groups that you talked about, Elias Schritten Bell, was a kind of a Crosby, Stills and Nash-ish kind of a group. And and we were quite. We did an album that did really, really super well, and and we made a bit of a name for ourselves. Um, and then uh, that broke up after a while. I started playing country bands and different things for about ten years, and not really knowing what to do um, with my life. Sort of thinking this is all just killing time till I figure out my legitimate work. Right. That's how I thought of it all the way along. So you felt like there was something more legitimate yeah. down the road. Yeah, it's down the road. I should go to college. I should get a career. Um, right. You know, uh, meanwhile, I got married. I started having kids. Um, but after about 10 years, I came to the end. Like, just all of a sudden, it's like, I'm done. What was it. the moment where you were, this is not working anymore? It was, I mean, I'd been playing. I was a, I was a side guy. Um, you know, I've been playing in, in and for one of it was just the practicality. I just wasn't making any money. I've got, I've got, I've got a wife and, and three children, and and this isn't working. I'm gone six nights a week. So this is back. See, young players don't understand this. Back in the day, we played six nights a week in the clubs. Wow, yeah. And, and you started at 9 o'clock, and you ended at 2 o'clock in the morning. It wasn't, you didn't go in for a set. Wow. You went in for the week. You started on a Monday and you played every night till Saturday in that same club from nine till two o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. And, then, and then Sundays you packed up and went to the next bar, set up, and then you started again. So it was a seven day a week job. Sounds exhausting. Exhausting. Of course, <laughs> you can understand it wasn't, a, you know, you didn't make a ton of money. So there wasn't, you know, you didn't get to go home to your spouse and say, it's worth it, honey. Right. right. <laughs> you know, because look at all the money we're making because that wasn't happening. But it was enough to survive. But, and I, I mean, I, what I loved about it is I got my 10,000 hours in. Oh, yeah. You know, I was constantly playing. I was constantly in front of people. I was constantly in bands where people were better than me. And so you just learned by osmosis, you know, like just, that's just the best thing. Always make sure you're the worst in any situation. I love that. It's just, even to this day, when I put traveling bands together, I make sure I'm the weak link of the band. You always rise up. You do. They just, just, you learn, right? So it's, it's, that was great. Um, But it, there just, it, there came a point of it feeling futile. You know, when you're in the clubs, I mean, you're not, you're not taking anybody anywhere really, you mm-hmm. know, um, and it just, it felt futile. We weren't making any money. I just started getting depressed. Of course I have this tendency anyway. Yeah. And then there's this one night, um, I was lying in bed and just feeling like I'm, you know, I'm 30 at this point, 30, 31 and I'm a failure. I'm not making any money. This is hard on my family. It's too late to go to university, you know, that all these kinds of feelings, and then the room, I was lying in bed, and then the room suddenly filled with, I don't know how else to describe it, presence, mm. with the divine. Wow. Um, and I just felt, it was like a liquid light or liquid air. I don't know. I, it, words, there's really no words. Yeah. But it was intense. Was it a feeling, or you actually saw I, this? No, it was a feeling. It was a the yeah, feeling of that. it was a that. feeling of presence, just that the room was full of presence. Um, wow. And that it was unearthly, uh-huh. but not anti-earthly. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I, I think know. I get yeah. what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah. and it, it it wasn't an obliteration, right? It was a communion, which wow. is different. Right. And when you think about the sacraments, right? 
right? You know, the presence of Christ and the, and the it's not an obliteration of those things. It's a it's a it's a communion, right? Of energy or of material and divine and all that. So anyway, the and a, and a voice came with it, and the voice said, "This time of your life is over. I have something else for you to do." Wow. And it was very clear. It wasn't in my ear. It was on my heart. Um, and I quit the clubs. I started looking for work. And never occurred to me that, I, for one, I wasn't quitting music. Or that there was something more to do musically. I thought that was just done. Wow. And my wife um, was able to get uh, work. She went back to work teaching. I stayed home with the kids. Um, but it was in that year, um, I started picking up the scriptures that I grew up with. The tradition, the spiritual traditions that I grew up with in a new way and started really searching for meaning. And it was mostly the Psalms, the ancient Psalms that just really drew me in. Mm. The poetry of them, the the humanity of them, uh, the desperation that's that's there in those those scriptures. I mean we, we tend to we tend to sort of turn them into these sort of plasticized versions of spirituality. These were real people with real struggles, real enemies, real health issues, real family problems, you know, and they're writing this beautiful, these prayers. Wow. And I started to recognize the universal truth in them, you know, that these weren't ancient at all. They were very contemporary. Um, and songs started coming. Really? Songs started coming, yeah. All of a sudden, like every time I would pick up, especially the Psalms, melody was there. That's amazing. That some, it was unbelievable. And all of a sudden, I have a handful of songs, and I don't know what to do with them. Like, I have no intention of being a, quote, Christian, unquote, artist. Was there any resistance there? For me? Yeah. Well, yeah, a little bit, because a lot, in, in a lot of the Christian music industry or Christian ministries, there's, a, there's, a, there's kind of a smarminess to some of it that I, I don't appreciate. And so, you know, I sort of thought, I don't want to be part of, of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I totally know what yeah, you mean. There's yeah. a, you know what I mean? There's a sentimental smarminess. I don't know what... I, I, yeah. I can never find words. I um, totally know what you're talking and again, about. And again, not that I'm not saying those folks didn't do good things or... Sure. You know, but it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there was a resistance. And who shows up in my life? All of a sudden, I hadn't seen him for about a decade, Father Bob McDougal. Oh, my gosh. Who used to bring me in from Stony Mountain to St. Ignatius. Oh, wow. And he had moved to Toronto. And I hadn't really seen him for years. And he just showed up one day and said, I'm in town, do you want to go for coffee? And I says, well, I'm with my kids, but you can come over to our house. And so he came over and, and he said, I heard you quit the clubs. And I said, yeah. And uh, he said, what are you doing now? And I said, well, nothing. I mean, I'm home with the kids. And uh, he said, you should do a gospel album. Oh, wow. And I said, I don't think so. It's not like, going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I just didn't like what was coming out of it. I mean, the, the, the Christian yeah. music at that point, and still to some degree is kind of controlled by kind of um, Nashville and sort of the American homogenous press. Yeah. American, you know, evangelical Christianity. And so it was just, uh, I, you know, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's not me. And he said, no, you should really should. And I, and I, and, and I finally, he sort of convinced me that it might be worth doing, you know, but I said, where would I get the money for something like that? <laughs> and he said, how much would it cost? And I said, I don't know. And I mean, I knew Dave Zaglinski from Mid-Ocean Recording Studios, who's now my manager. Yeah. Um, and he ran a, a commercial studio. He was a good friend. And, and, and I said, well, I mean, if I could pull in some favors, it would cost maybe 10 grand. And he pulled out a checkbook and wrote me a check. You're kidding. That's what he did. He was that. <laughs> he wrote a check for $10,000 wow. on the spot. He was committed. He was committed. That's amazing. And so then what happened was, I'm, am I talking too much? No, this okay, is okay. blowing my mind. Okay, this, so, all these synchronicities yeah. that show up. So so this was also between albums and CDs. Really, People were only doing cassettes. And so I recorded the album with Dave Zaglinski at Mid-Ocean. 
And um, and we 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 I put it out on a cassette, and I made I think if I remember two hundred copies, and I gave a hundred to Father Bob because he wanted some to give to people. Well, for ten grand, you yeah, think? For, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and I kept a hundred for myself. And my goal was to sell fifty, and then the rest I was going to give away to family and friends at Christmas. Oh, cool! That was the entire. This was back when cassette tapes were yeah. actually a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cool. So I've got a hundred. Yeah, and I and I I I sold some to some friends and and things like that, and then the rest I, I gave away at Christmas. Well, I started getting phone calls from people. Um, they'd say, you know, I heard, you know, I was at your dad's place and he played me your cassette. Could I get a copy? And so I I, I had a little um, like a dubbing like a dual cassette thing and so I'd make them another copy and oh wow you know ask you know can you give me five bucks because it cost me you know (laughs) your own manufacturing company and and then and then this like almost every day I was trying to get phone calls but could I get a copy could I get a copy so I started to actually manufacture some more um, and then I started getting calls from pastors saying, would you come and sing in my church? And I'm going, no. <laughs> like it wasn't. There was some like resistance. Hey? Yeah, the, but yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't because I didn't want to. It just, it, it's, it's like, would you come and do plumbing? Or right. I'm not a plumber. Like, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, why would you ask the question? Like, it sure. just, it, cause I just didn't like, I don't, I'm not a minister. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not, right. you know, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't memorize scriptures and re- repeat them and throw them out like little hand grenades, holy hand grenades. I like, just don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and this one pastor just kept on insisting, come and sing at my church. And I said, no. And he said, why? I said, listen, I'm a, I'm a failed bar musician. I'm not a minister. And he says, you don't have to minister, quote unquote. He says, just come sing three songs. And then he said the magic words. He said, I'll pay you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're there. And so he offered yeah. me 50, uh, 200 bucks. Oh, wow. And, and I, we just, did, Nancy and I, we just needed the money. Yeah. And it was down in Altona. And so I, <laughs> I go down there and I'm just so nervous because I'm, I'm not used to playing for listening audiences. I've been playing bars for years. Yeah, you know, churches they, are so yeah, attentive. They're they, so attentive. And then the oh. Mennonites, like, they don't even clap after songs. Like it's not only silent as you play, it's silent <laughs> after you play. So, oh, man. So you're not getting anything back. Right. Right. Am I doing okay? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, and so I, I, I went down there. Oh, I was so nervous. I thought I was going to throw up. Um, but something happened to me there. Um, and when I walked on the stage, um, and again, I'd, I'd qualify this as, well, I don't know what you qualify it as, but it's like an angel came out down and took golf balls out of my mouth. And as I approached the microphone, a story came out and I started telling a story. I didn't even know why I was telling the story. I'm kind of having this out of body experience looking at myself saying, where are you going with this, Steve? Like, you, you like pull up, pull up, pull up. You're going to hit the mountain, right? And at the end of the story, it was quite obvious to me what song to sing. So I sang the song. And then afterward, a story came out. Another song and a story came out. And you got to remember, when I played the bars, I didn't talk at all. Wow. You know, I just we just did song after song. We weren't really connecting with people. Whoa. And this whole story thing, like, and so it was bizarre because... And it seemed to work, and people were being moved. I could see it, and then it wasn't pre-calculated. No, it was just coming through. It was just coming through, and I couldn't stop it. Wow! And so, about forty-five minutes later, I could. I took. I was supposed to do three songs. I took forty-five minutes. Oh my gosh! And so, when I finally sort of got my capacity back, I walked off the stage. I was so embarrassed, and I, and and I'd taken up most of the service, and the pastor's standing there, and um, and he smiled at me. and He said, "I knew that was going to happen. I had nothing else planned." Wow. And I cried all the way home. Like it just, it, you know, God had used me. God had sort of overridden me in a sense. Wow. And had, and it felt like had sort of taken control of my capacity and, and I became this conduit for 45 minutes of love and wisdom and knowledge, stuff that I didn't, I said things I didn't know I knew. It just comes through. It just came through. It was such a shock. And, um, 
And I didn't know what to do with it for the longest time, except for in the same way when I was a child and I watched that woman have a meltdown in front of me, I knew I want whatever that was, I wanted to be part of that. Uh, and then I started saying yes. I started saying yes to requests. Amazing. Um, and I mean, it's a long story, but the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, you've traveled all over the world with this and yeah. you've made numerous albums. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible mm-hmm. how the spirit has flown through and just mm-hmm. offered you this, taking these gifts and making them so accessible and, um, mm-hmm. man, from, and so highly unlikely based on what you just described that you would end up doing what you're doing. Very. It's yeah. unbelievable yeah. along the way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for all that. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, you're welcome. I know it's a lot. It, it um, is. There's probably so many more yeah. stories there. I, uh, what I'm really curious about too right now, uh, as you're talking about this is, <clears throat> I mean, I can hear the underlying faith that, that kind of is there supporting mm-hmm. you along the way mm-hmm. and the resistance to it at, that at times shows up. Right. I think that's a very common thing for a lot of people yeah. where uh, yet a lot of people don't actually have that context of faith to drop into. Like, you right. know, they weren't raised in a Christian community or they right. don't. Um, what, how would you approach that? Like somebody that's just really struggling with this whole place maybe you were when you first went into that church and you were like, I don't belong here. I don't really yeah. fit in here. And it's so foreign and a different language and everyone's dressed their best. Like yeah. how, how would you, what would you offer somebody like? Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a, it's very conflicting, right? Cause, cause Christianity and it's the history of Christianity is really complicated. It is. You know, when you think about, you know, colonialism in Canada and the damage of Christian colonialism or, or, um, you know, a, a state colonialism that's supported by a particular, you know, religious group, which would be Christianity. And so we, you know, th- that's complicated. We, we, uh-huh. we, as a community, as a, as a faith community have hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can go back in history and you sort of realize, oh, there's, it's been always been mucky, you know? Um, and yet in the midst of that, St. Francis arises. Mm-hmm. You know, Teresa of Avila arises. Um, Jean Vanier arises. Yeah, these great this, heroes. These people who, yeah. you know, and so I, I think when there's a few things that have been helpful to me. For one, my dad is a bit of a saint. I mean, I can't go into it much because it just take too long. But the guy, um, there's just, there's such a deep authenticity to his faith and to how his f- faith fashioned him mm. that I can't deny that that's true. I've seen it with my own eyes, mm. right? So even though Christianity can, can be blamed for a lot of things, um, I've just come to realize that a distorted Christianity can be blamed for a lot of things, uh, right? I almost sense like there's a difference. Yeah, there's a between... there's a there's a deep distance, you know, between yeah. a, a twisted um, sort of faith system that actually ends up being used to do the exact opposite of what it's there for. Wow, and it's fascinating, and you can see this happening almost to any religion in a sure. sense. Um, uh, so, but, but I've, I've seen, I've seen what faithful Christianity does to people up close. Mm-hmm. I saw how, um, broken prisoners, um, in their, in their faith that, 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 um, gave them a hospital, like those guys saved our family. Huh. Do you know what I mean? If it wasn't for those guys, we probably would have broken up and I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Wow. You know what I mean? Where there's mm-hmm. something about how... So in a sense, God reached into um, the, the most broken segment of society and offered healing to us from that place hmm. and, and, and community and welcome. Um, uh, that happened. I can't deny it. It's amazing. How do you, like, how do you access that place um, through Christianity where it's coming from that more kind of 
God, divine, pure essence versus the twisted. Well, I think I think you have to. I mean, it it it's sort of like anything else. I mean, let's let's to be ridiculous. Let's say television. Yeah. You know, you can turn on the crap, but there's good shows. Right. Right. So you oh, I love you, it. you get to choose. You know, so you can say all television is crap. But it's actually not. There's some wonderful shows. Right. Right. But if if you keep on choosing Survivor over, you know, some great, you know, piece of art, yeah. that's what you get. Right? right. Like, you know, so it's a, so part of it is I think because here's the thing. My my dad, when I was about eight or nine years old, he took us to a movie called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. Do you know this? Uh, I've story, heard reference Story to of Francis of Assisi. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know the story at all. And, um, and so... Uh, it was uh, produced by Franco Zeffirelli, great, great cinematographer, and 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 I remember going to this movie and being disappointed that I had to go watch a movie about a saint. I mean, my life was church. <laughs> like, couldn't we see a car chase or a bosomy woman or something? You know, <laughs> something a boy might be curious about. But no, we have to go see this lily palm saint. But um, <laughs> we get there, and I remember right off the bat. I mean, the 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 artfulness of the film, like the the cinematography, right off the bat. Even as a kid, the opening scene, my heart gasped something about the light and the wow. shadow and, and you know, the, the artistry of, of it just, and then the music was by Donovan. Oh yeah. I and now, I mean, Donovan can be made fun of, but I mean, I grew up listening to hymns and quartet music. I'd never heard sort of troubadour, you know, folksy, yeah. you know, and my ears went crazy, you know, and I went, what is that? Wow. Like, like I, went, I went out of my mind. I didn't know that really existed. Oh, wow. Um, and something in me just immediately loved it so much. And then the story of Francis, um, you know, who was this fellow that was born, you know, it was at a time when the mercantile system was coming in, Europe was, was deeply unsettled, money was changing hands, there was new wealth and mm-hmm. challenging old wealth and the new power systems were, were, were challenging old power systems. And so everything was in chaos and people were fighting and cities were fighting against each other. And Francis, um, his dad was um, part of the mercantile class, new money. Mm-hmm. Um, with that came um, a lot of just really deeply disturbing behaviors and cruel behaviors. And oh. Francis and Claire and some of the kids, they were sort of like the dumpster divers of today. Oh, interesting. They didn't want to be like their parents. Um, they're, they're kind of saying there's got to be a different way, you know. And they really were like the the radical like when you look at kids today, some of the, the like it's the dumpster divers ones that say, we don't want this capitalist system. Right. You know, we don't want the system that does more harm than good, that destroys the earth, that leaves people behind, yeah. and then sort of justifies it by the fact that, you know, there's some general improvement. <laughs> right. You know, um, and they're, they're saying bullshit. You know, we'd rather go a different route. Sure. And, and you see that with kids now. And this is kind of what Francis and Claire were doing. Interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Huh. And I got, I got, and, and, and Francis was a flamboyant guy. He was very, he had a very feminine spirit. Um, and, and I did, you know, uh, very definitely. I didn't, I, I didn't sort of relate to the man's men world, yeah. you know, um, at all, you know. <laughs> and I really wonder if, um, I mean, it, 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 it cut a wider swath for me about what, what maleness can be. Mm, than, I, than I would have understood. Um, right. And I, I do really wonder if I wouldn't be really questioning or really struggling with my own identity if it wasn't for Francis. Wow. Because, yeah, it gave you permission. Yeah, it gave me permission, right? And my dad agreed that that was a man. Right. right? My, you know what I mean? So <laughs> sure. my dad, who's a bit more of a man's man, yeah. right, takes his sort of feminine son to this movie and says, that's another example of what a man does and looks like. Wow. And it was just, for me, it just opened up a, a like a, 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 a an, um, gave me permission to be me. It totally sounds like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally. Um, and then I came out of that 
And, and, and that story, that Francis story and what he did and how he rejected his parents' wealth, how he became one of the world's great lovers, um, um, in a sense. And he, and, he, and he started at the lowest end of things, you know, with the lepers mm. and then moved up, right. you know, and, and he moved up and then his love encompassed all, but it started there. Wow. That was, Hearing the story of him, like just a little bit of him reminds me a little bit of your similar journey. Just hearing that. Can never, you see parallels there? Well, I guess I never thought of it. But yeah, sure. Just as you're speaking about it, yeah. I just, I kind of hear that. It was probably why his story, story attracted me too. Yeah. Um, and again, he was the musician. He was the poet. Um, right. You know, uh, he had that, his theology wasn't a head theology. It was an art and heart theology. Right. Which is why he didn't write a lot of books. You know, but why we're, we still sing and love him, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So powerful, yeah. that force of yeah. his heart. Yes, absolutely. Um, and here's a guy that sort of gave up everything so he could have everything. <gasps> right? Yeah. Well, and that whole prayer, the St. Francis prayer. It's, it's exactly the only way to have everything is to give up everything. Yeah. You know, and so that is huh. such a beautiful life, you know, and I've, I've really, and so it's lives like that. You know, that, that, that sort of made me pay attention. To, there must be more people like that out there, right? And then wow. you start finding them. Jean Vanier. Uh, sure. You know the story of Vanier? I mean, he was governor general. He was son of the governor general of Canada. Yeah. Old, old Quebec money, power. He was a naval officer. He, um, he, he was a philosophy professor, an academic. Um, he goes over to France as a young man. And in the town of Assisi, he somehow, someone gives him a tour of the mental institution which was just a horrific, horrific place. And it just, it, it, it destroyed him. He couldn't believe how people were being treated. He came back to Canada, sort of gave up everything, goes back to Assisi, goes into the mental institution, says, give me your two worst men, and he committed his life to living with those men. Wow. And started L'Arche. Oh, wow. Right? Which is, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't commit himself to helping them. He committed himself to loving them for life. I'm yeah. their brother, they're my brother. I'm their father, they're my son, they're my father, I'm their son. It was that <laughs> that complete commitment that they have family in the community for the rest of their lives. Wow. And started large communities, right? That's amazing. I too. know. It's a stunning story. And then he connects to Mother Teresa, they become buddies. Like there's like there's all these connection points, right? That's amazing. Of people. And so I look at that and I say, Oh, I can embrace Christianity. Yeah. Right. I yeah, can, that's the, yeah. that's the good shows. Yeah, playing, that's, those are the played. good shows. That's the good television, I right? Love. And I can choose to watch that and I can choose to be inspired by that. Right. Um, I have to deal with the lesser, right? Which I contribute to myself. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying I'm any saint myself and, and lots of criticism could happen. Um, if people look deeply into my life or my heart, for sure, there's darkness there and there's self-orientation there and a long way to go. But I, I, I do commit myself to being inspired by the better storytelling. Yeah, I can better see lives. that. And I can yeah. sense that. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a, a total discernment between those two yeah. that's happening yeah. there. Yeah. I, um, oh man, there's so many questions I have <laughs> as you're speaking. I'm just like this and that. And I, I also want to get a sense from you about um, if you have any practices that you regularly do that keep you connected to that place of mm-hmm. the, the good. Yeah, the good. Yeah, um, like anything that you particularly do regularly. Yeah, well, I mean, I go to church and and when I go, um, I, I try to learn how to attune, like to be attuned to the, the deeper mysteries that are going on there, the poetry of it. Mm. 
Um, so the Eucharist and the gathering, you know, the the um, the joining of what happens when people come from diff- different places and submit to one song, one melody. Oh wow! Right? You know what I mean? Like, there's something that's going on there. Yeah. Uh, that just moves me deeply. You know, even the fact that they would gather in a place and they would go come from their 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 homes of their personal comfort and per- personal choices and sit beside people whose perfume they don't necessarily appreciate. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's you know it says something to me. Like there's something true and deep about gathering together, giving up our 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 autonomy in a sense willingly. Yeah. Like we're free to do it. We're not being forced to. But finding that there's something that there's there's a melody and a song that's cap- that's possible together that is not possible alone. Oh wow! And there's a power there. So I I, I do that. Um, I I I I rise early in the morning, um, and I pray and I read a lot. Hmm. That's probably one of the more important things that I do to sort of maintain um, a vital or vibrant faith. Um, sure, it restores me. Do you know a lot? I mean, because I have, like anybody else, I have lots of failures and lots of doubts and lots of hurts and heartaches and 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 darkness that I contribute. You know, so you you just you need um, restoring. Yeah, you need those moments that help you remember the a, a deeper truth. What's 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 more true about me than those things, mm. right? And so that just you just need to be quiet. You need to be. I've I've recently I, I was showing this earlier, but um, I've recently come to the um, the practice of using prayer beads. Mm. I've, I've got a bit of a, a a busy mind. It's hard for me to to concentrate, and so this is a circle of beads. There's seven beads, then there's a a flat, and then seven in a flat, and seven in a flat kind of circle. It ends up looking a little bit like um like a medicine wheel. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but in the seven beads, I kind of go through uh, as I hold. The, the seven smaller ones, as I hold them, I kind of go through the seven days of creation. Thank God for light. Oh, wow. Right. Thank God for the separation of the skies and the earth so there could be air. <laughs> you know, thank God for the um, celestial beings, the sun, moon, and the stars, the, uh, the the wisdom, right? I thank God for the, the, the dry land and the plants. And I thank God for um, the fish and the, the birds of the air. I thank God for humans. And I thank God for rest. Oh wow! Right? You know, and then I and then when I come to that eighth bead, that's the flat one. I thank God for the eighth day, the the marriage of heaven and earth that's to come. Oh wow! Right, and then when I get to the seventh set, next set, I've actually been praying recently the uh, the 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 grandmother grandfather teachings of the Anishinaabe people. Oh wow! You know, so like the seven sacred teachings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I kind of go through those things and mm. another set of seven. Oh. Right, um, and I find that I don't know why, but I find that interesting. Um, and so I kind of go through that. So you've got courage, you pray for courage, right? And then you pray for truth, and you realize that I don't. Truth is not my possession. There's no such thing as my truth. Oh, interesting. Truth is a gift, right? And it comes from outside of you. It's not yours, right? Um, Whoa, that's profound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this, it's it's. Yeah. And I, and when people say these days it bothers me, here's my truth. I know what they're saying. I'm not offended. It's a wrong term say here's my story or here's my experience but it's not your truth right it's you don't, like you don't own, you're not the originator of truth yeah it's you know, bigger than it's bigger than one us. person yeah. yeah so and you need courage <laughs> for truth because truth is going to judge you truth is, is a light that that shows what's there um and so then the next one is honesty you pray for honesty and and honesty takes courage in the light of truth oh my gosh right? so you got truth wow. um oh, so courage truth, honesty, honesty, and then you pray for wisdom, right? What are you going to do with that? all this, right? What do you do with it, 
right? And then you pray for, makes sense to me, humility. Wow. Right? Because yeah. if you have the courage to look at what's true and be honest about it and look for wisdom, you're going to need humility. Oh, yeah. Right? And then what, what the, 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 so the second last thing is respect. You know, in Anishinaabeg teaching, respect isn't so much sort of um, telling you your worth. Respect, um, I just read this yesterday, it was powerful, um, that respect is um, um, going, going easy on others. Oh wow! I like yeah, that. Yeah. So the Canadian Canadian state has not gone easy on our indigenous people. There's been no respect. Yeah. Right. So going easy on others, but that comes from the courage to look at truth honestly. Sure. Um, wisdom and humility to sort of see the value and the beauty of the other, and you know, so respect it sort of comes in line from that. And then the last thing is love. Oh, of course it is. Right? Yeah, love. that's I mean, it. And it's a, it's a thing that the, these, all these words, basically, they get their meaning from the other words. Yeah, they play off each other. They play off each other. They need to be together, right? Now, <laughs> here's just, again, and these things grow. I mean, the way I pray grow, but I was just out at um, um, Show Lake 40. We fought for a couple of years for yeah. a road for Show Lake 40, indigenous community that had been separated um, to make waterway for Winnipeg. And they were just asking um, for, you know, to be reconnected to the rest of the world through it. 21 kilometer road and and there's a lot of resistance to that well it, they, they opened the road we, we fought for it we got I it heard they about opened this. the road yeah it was yeah. fantastic but here's the interesting thing I went out there and um, and for the opening ceremonies just to, to be you know to witness them and uh, Chief Erwin Redsky at the end he pointed out how they had the seven teachings on the wall and I'd seen them when I came in you know mm. but what I hadn't noticed is that there was eight. Oh. And I just saw the words I was familiar with and thought, oh, there's the seven teachings, the seven grandmother, seven grandfather teachings. And he says, we added one as a result of this, and it was forgiveness. Oh, wow. And it really moved me. And in this, in this, so <sighs> this, this, this last set bead, the big bead again, yeah. is for forgiveness. And then I'll go, then there's, again, there's, there's four sets of prayers here. And so I do the seven days of creation. I do the seven teachings. Um, and then I just go starting on creation and teachings again, go around three times. How did this come to you? Uh, slowly. I mean, Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the bead tradition is, that, I mean, you know, Catholics have them all kinds, you know, the, the, the rosary, the rosary and, and, sure. and there's different, there's different prayers you can assign to them. A friend yeah. of mine gave me these, they're Anglican, um, and they, they have their own teaching, but, and, and, and I've followed that for several years, but, um, in the last little while, I've really felt, I mean, with the onset of, of what's coming, you know, climate chaos that's coming yeah um i really do really believe that if we don't if we don't recover a deep reverence for creation we're kind of effed oh yeah you know we're, we're i think we're in deep trouble and 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 i i don't i think christians have dropped their reverence for creation um in sort of the capitalist colonial mindset is sort of has, has so sort of absorbed us yeah and robbed us of our tradition and our deepest wisdom, I really believe um, that one of the I, one of the reasons why indigenous communities have been so resilient is I think God has said they will be, <laughs> and that we need them to return us to our own traditions. Absolutely, you know what I mean. I don't need indigenous people so I can become an Indian. Right, that's quite offensive and stupid and all that kind Completely, of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. But I do believe that that some of their teachings um, and a good number of them and their understanding, um, their traditional understanding, is what Christianity needs to recover Christianity. Wow. And and so yes. you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Feel but not, that. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. It's it's because I think Christianity is beautiful. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the actual beautiful part of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and it's deeply beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and I, and I don't think it's in any way sort of in conflict with the deeper wisdoms of other traditions. No. If anything, listening to you speak, I feel like there's so much synergy. There's a lot when you start yeah. getting into yeah. the essence of what mm-hmm. it's all about. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, our own scriptures tell us that that you know um, that God is God is revealed in nature. Uh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so um, the Christian tradition, you know, Augustine said that basically God wrote two books, the book of nature and the book of scriptures, right? And we need to learn how to read both mm. for, for true wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if you look at indigenous people, there are people who've really learned how to read the book of nature. Nature, completely. Right. And we became a group of people that learned how to read the book, but we became so cerebral about it. Right. That we kind of lost, and we need to, that we need to be reconnected. How do we do that? I guess part of it is... Part of going this, to these teachings. Yeah, part of it is these teachings. Um, uh, part of it is just, I mean, part of it is, is obvious. You know, if we don't, our grandkids are going to suffer. Yeah. Not, not our grandkids' grandkids. Yeah, it's our, almost like yeah. we don't have a choice yeah, but to the move. The people we know yeah. now. You know, people we know and love now are going to suffer, if not us. Right. Um, you know, so we, we, it's, it's, at this point now, we just have to. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, the teachings are there. The wisdom is there. The love is there. It's always um, been there. Creation does love us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, there's, you know, there's a mutuality there. There's, there's no reason to fear creation. Yeah. Um, but there is a, a reason to fear our disordered passions and desires, which yeah. can destroy these relationships that, which, are, that are meant to be harmonious. We're kind of at the pinnacle of yeah. that right now in our world. I mean, yeah. people are just completely bombarded by yeah. the capitalism and yeah. all of that. Yeah. It's almost like, I, I just referenced that as like the ego or the egoic. I, I'm separate from. Yeah. But all of what you're speaking about is like, I'm, con- I'm connected to well, something. Again, but again, let's go yeah. back to Christian teachings. Christian teachings treat, teach the Trinity. That God isn't a monad deity, a lonely up in the skies and, and basically then created something because he needed a play thing. And, and what, you know, what a disappointment we turned out to be. <laughs> right. You know, it's not but what if that's from... not true? What if, what if, I mean, let's, let's like leave the gendered language of father, son, spirit behind. I mean, there's, there's lots to talk about there, but sure. just, but the idea that, that the Christian intuition is that God is a communion of persons. Hmm. God is a loving communion. That's who God is. Yeah. God is a mutuality of self-donating love. Oh, wow. Right? And yeah. when, when God creates, God doesn't create out of need or um, agenda. God creates out of ecstatic overflow. Same reason why I create a song. Right. Right? I can't keep it in. It's got bursting out of I've, you. I've got a love or I've got a, uh, an anger or a passion that has to come out and I have to write the song or I can't sleep. Right. And then I literally incarnate myself outside of me. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? You know what I'm saying? I totally you know I mean? feel that. And if, yeah. and if you listen to the, the corpus of Steve Bell songs over 21 years, you're going to know something about me. I'm embedded in those songs. Yes. Right? If you look at creation, you're going to know something about God. Oh, wow. Because this is the song. This is, we are the song that God could not sing. Is it separate that, from, or is it all like one? What's your thought on that? There's, well, I think there's a separate. I think I think there's a God that's not creation. I mean, this is my belief. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, I I do believe in God that's not us. Okay. I believe in a love and a and a and a, a conscious a conscious mutuality, and love, that is not us, uh-huh. but that desires us, that that created and loves us. I I just do. Yeah. And, and I think creation bears witness to that. I think you can find it everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. 
you know? So when you're experiencing a moment of bliss or a moment of beauty or a moment of you're in nature and you're just like, Oh, like in those moments, how would you explain that? If because mm. I hear a lot of people come on this podcast and they talk about where we are one with that, like we are that. Is there a difference between that and well, I, well, I think if you look at if you look at again the Christian tradition of the Trinity, yeah, the Father um, is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, but God is not the Son and the Son is not the Spirit. I see. Right. So there's within that teaching there's differentiation and there's sure. unity. Yeah. Right. So you got three yet one. Oh, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I so there's do. particularity, there's personality, there's difference. Right. In the very Godhead, and there's unity. Right. Right. In each, in each one. Yeah. Well. Well. Together. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So. So one like the, um, unity. Uh, the communion does not obliterate the individual, and the individual does not obliterate the community. It's both and all at the same time, a hundred percent. Wow. Right. Always. Um, always. That's right? amazing. It never changes. So you can't have the son without the father. You can't have the spirit without the son. I mean, this is all technical language, but sure. but really what it's getting down to, there's there's a wisdom in there. It's an instinct about who God is um, that can be really instructive and helpful as we do politics, as we, what does it mean to be a family? You know, um, what does it mean to, to be a lover? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, when you look at the whole, um, you know, the, the, the um, if you look at the, the, um, the, the metaphor of, of love, of sexual love, you know, you have the literally like mutual penetration. There's, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a, but without, when it's healthy and it's good, you, you literally can be absorbed by the other and not lose yourself. Oh, that's a really good way of looking at this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's, there's, there's all kinds of ways of looking at that, but I think it really comes down, f- I, I, I approach it from this Trinitarian starting point. Sure. It's who God is. And if you get the who right, you get everything right. If you get the who wrong, you get everything wrong. Oh, I like it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if, and, and we see even within our culture, we see this dualistic, it has to be either the, 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 the communion or it has to be the individual. Right. You know, Western society has really, really gone after the, the, the individual, the, the autonomous individual. Mm-hmm. And so we are self-seeking, autonomous individuals in competition from limited resource. Mm-hmm. That gives you a certain kind of society. Now, mm-hmm. as long as the, the, the earth is bigger than the society, it can kind of contain it. But it's turning out right now that that way of thinking is becoming highly destructive. Completely, yeah. You know? And it cannot, and, and the earth will not let it continue. Right. Right. It it's, can't sustain itself yeah, in that way. It can't way. sustain itself. And it's yeah. not and it's not so much I think we're gonna suffer. I don't think it's punishment from God. I just sort of I think I think the suffering is gonna come from the fact is the earth it, it can't it can't continue. Yeah, it's out of balance. And if yeah, it's out of balance and if you won't restrain yourself, the natural order will restrain you. Sure. Right. So one is a lot easier than the other. Right. One is a lot less painful sure. than the other. If we make the earth protect itself, it's gonna hurt us. Yeah. Right? And it's gonna, I think the earth does love us and the earth will give and the earth will absorb and suffer for us. It absolutely will do that. There comes a certain point though yeah. where it has to say, you must stop, <laughs> right? You Getting know, chills on this because yeah, it's so true. You, you must stop. Yes. And, and, and it'll force us to stop and it'll be hard on us. Wow. And it'll be hard on our children and our, and our children's children. And that's, so I think you know Christian faith, indigeneity. This it's it's really interesting. This um I was I was talking to um, an elder, um Ray, um Aldred out in Vancouver. He he teaches um, he's the head of the Vancouver School of of Indigenous Theology. I think, 
I might have those words in the wrong order, but something <laughs> like good. that. There's a, there's a, there's sort a of lot of titles there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of titles there. Yeah. So he, but I was talking about one point and I was, I was involved in, you know, Freedom Road and I started to get active and I, I wanted to really help them. Right. Do you know what I mean? That, you know, yeah, that, that's that like, kind of yeah. How, can, how do I help you? You know, right. here's, the, here's the white guy coming in and, I, and he, was, he was very kind, you know, and he said, you know, if you really want to help us, he says, become indigenous. And wow. I was kind of, kind of rolling my eyes on what does that mean? And he said, I didn't just say become Indian. He says, it's not, not what indigenous means. It means become a person of, become a person in communion with the land and with creation. <laughs> become a placed person. Right? Wow. And so that you need to learn, he says, you need to learn about the watershed in your neighborhood. You need to learn about, you know, what, what plants are, are, um, are indigenous, which ones are brought in and how that interacts. He says, start, he says, if you start paying attention to that, all the other things that you're going to have, you're going to come to instincts about how to be helpful in this community. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, I just, but he didn't say, you know, go start wearing feathers or (laughs) that's not what he was saying. That's the other direction. Yeah. 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 He says, don't play Indian. That's not what we want you to do or need you. But, but he says, you, the, the world needs you to become indigenous. Right. Right. Know your place. Know where you're from. Know the land which sustains you. Know its relationships. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he says, become you know in communion with that. And I, I I look back with that, and I start looking at the Psalms. I start looking at the teachings of Jesus. He's constantly using nature metaphors. Oh, right. Right. Um, the Psalms. The trees will clap their hands. Oh, yeah. You know, um, in joyful praise to, to their maker, right? I mean, it's just, you start looking at this and you start looking at indigenous teachings, you think, oh my goodness. I mean, but these were written thousands of years ago. These people were far closer to their own indigeneity than, than Western Christianity is now. Yeah. So our teachings come from a place like that. Oh, We've that's... just lost connection with it. Oh, wow. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, Jesus was a guy that, I mean, someone said Jesus was a, um, a God at three miles an hour and never got in a car. Just, he walked everywhere. There was a connection to landedness and place and culture and, and, and indigenous wisdoms. Um, it was a complicated time because Rome was building and, and there was new access to power. Sounds really similar to where we're very, at now. Very, very, very similar. Yeah. Right? And he was the one that sort of provided a resistance, a, a loving resistance to the allure of power, uh, domination, hmm. um, and provided, in, in a sense, a, a theology and an energy for that, which made him quite threatening, you know, to the, to the power brokers, right? Sure. So, you know, they... they and I don't think the, the, the Roman people did not have any problem with Jesus starting a new religion. They, they had lots of religions. <laughs> that, that wasn't the issue. He, but he just started saying that the that that basically divine truth and divine faith and divine religion starts with the lowest of the low. Yeah. Right. It moves up rather than the top moving down. Down. And oh. that's that's a deep threat to society. Right. Yeah, and the way it's structured right now. It, it, totally structured right now. So right. we've got this, we've got this fight with uh, bill C two six two going on right now. It's in the Senate. Um, and if it passes, it would require um, the Canadian go- uh, government to uh, adjust all their laws over time um, to harmonize with the, um, the United Nations declaration of the rights of, of indigenous people. Hmm. So the resistance isn't because anybody doesn't think that, you know, oh, the poor Indians, we should be nicer or they should have a nicer life. The resistance is that means that that puts a hamper on, our progress and our wealth development. Because uh, that yeah. means that they could say no to our resource extraction, you know, goals. Right. 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 And, and what, so, what it really does is it, it, it challenges 
power systems. Yeah, it instills the fear, even more yeah. fear in them of, oh yeah. my gosh, we might lose yeah. power. We might lose power and we might lose progress as we define it. Wow. Right? And so there's this great resistance. And if you're in that camp, it actually makes sense. Yeah. There's a logic to it. Yeah. Right? But I think our deepest um, faith traditions, and I would say Christianity does this beautifully, um, is it says, we, but that's not really how the world was created to right. operate. Right? And so, and we have teachings, we have wisdom, we have knowledge that helps us get back there. Yeah. And I think we're in a unique time in, in, in history where we just kind of really need to do that work. <laughs> yeah. How amazing. You're blowing my mind, Steve, with all of this. It's, uh, it's really something to consider in terms of just how are we being, what we're mm-hmm. doing as well. Mm-hmm. How are we showing up? Yeah. What are we connecting to? Yeah. So many questions yeah. there, just in terms of like mindfully considering who am I being while I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And, what, and, and what, is, what is drawing me? What is the inspiration? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Um, and this is where these, these beads and those prayers or, or, or drawing on, you know, praying the, the days of creation or just to remind ourselves that we're created. Yeah, we're not a creator. That inherent nature yeah, that of, of us. Of humility, um, of, of, of that we've been blessed to be a blessing. Um, you know, that, that's, this is who we are. Yeah. Right? And so when we, when we um, participate in systems of greed and, and domination, that's not our nature. No, it's which is, fear based, uh, which is why it works. Why why there's so much damage from it. I totally get that, right? Yeah. So you know, I I I do believe. I mean, I am a Christian. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe the Scriptures are the Word of God. I have all that stuff. I mean, I think differently about what those words mean. Mm-hmm. What what I mean by those things in some. Yes. You know, but I, I am a that. Christian. I don't. I'm, I'm not saying all religions, all things. They're they're not all the same, and they don't have all the same effect. But if it is true that the it, that everything that we know and see is a creation is an in, is sort of came from the mind of God, it shouldn't surprise us that people not like us have some instincts that are true. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean, like it, it, would, it would surprise us if there wasn't that. Right. So I don't need to be afraid of the best wisdom of of Islam or the best wisdom of Buddhism. I don't have to be afraid of the best wisdom of in, indigenous cultures or or ways, and. Knowing what I know about human nature, there's no reason to suspect that I know everything right. <laughs> right. Right. Or that my faith tradition has everything. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just stupid. It's all in the beads. Yeah. It's all in your beads. It's in the beads. It's all in the beads, man. It's at the banana stand. <laughs> it yeah. is. Like, it's just so profound yeah. that way. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. I, thank you. Thank you for all of this. I am, uh, I'm just deeply soaking it all in because mm. there's, it's quite profound what you're sharing. And uh, what I'm really appreciating here as we're coming to the end of our, our talk is um, just the, the journey that you've been on from very young to now mm. and just how the spirit has worked through you. Um, and to this stage now, I'm just, I'm so appreciating. It's like I, I'm getting this image of a, a tree that has really deep roots and it's just rising up and mm. its branches are spreading and it's like this beautiful time to share mm. all of this wisdom. And you were That's, mentioning this thanks, before. Thanks our, for that metaphor. I mean, one yeah. of our Psalms talks about the, 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 the river that flows from the throne of God and, and waters the trees for the nations that are to be a blessing to the nations, you know, yeah. along the riverbanks. Yeah. Right. Um, the leaves will be, um, you know, healing, you know. And so, I mean, thank you. I mean, whatever I do know or that is helpful is, is just really um, a gift 
that has come from, you know, the ages of ages. Yeah. Right? Channeling through. Channeling through. And, and you also know that you bring your darkness to it. So, you know, that's there. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I need to keep praying, cleansing and <laughs> renewing and restoring and, and, um, confessing, remembering, remembering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, and, and if we can commit ourselves to those things, I mean, my, my goal in life is to do a little bit more good than harm. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know a good I mean? goal. That's <laughs> yeah, a good goal. Yeah. If we, if we could all leave this place, having done a bit more good than harm. Yeah. The, the, the cumulative effect is going to be good. Yeah. Right. And then if we can have some humility and some grace for each other and for our darknesses right because you have it and i have it and we do my faith has it and their faith has it and you know these are all you know there there is a limitedness to what we can know but but that's not the whole story and there can be beauty and there can be grace and there can be truth and courage and love and humility and all those things all in there yeah yeah wow Thank you. I uh, just before we go, want to encourage people to stay in touch with you, Steve, at your website, mm-hmm. stevebell.com. Yep. And um, one of the things I noticed there that I'm really excited to read is this, uh, this, these, this series of books that you've put out. Yeah. I just briefly, I want to hear that just before we go. Cause it, I mean, it's, there's probably so much to say about it, yeah. but just in a nutshell, what, what that is. Cause it's so cool. I, I, uh, it's, it's a book. It's a seven, it's a seven series volumes of books. I'm oh, sorry. Seven books so slender books they're very small yeah and 80 pages each i think in large print yeah um but they're on the spiritual out of the church calendar year okay right and so it's called pilgrim year yeah and and so there's a book on advent and i i reflect on the different metaphors and the different teachings of advent advent is, is a time of waiting it's very maternal uh, um it's it's sort of um gestation time mm. Um, you know, and I, and I really do believe that the, the dignity of the human person is that we've been called to be maternal spouse of God. Oh, wow. And receiving the seed of God yeah. into our womb and bearing it forth for the, for the sake of the world, right? That's Advent, right? And then you have Christmas. When Christmas is about the incarnation, the humility of God, the sovereign of the universe, of time, of all that would come down and, and suffer in solidarity and live with us, mm-hmm. Jesus. Right, Epiphany is the is about that same one who is not only human but divine as well. Mm. So our spouse is the human divine. Oh wow! Right. Um, so <laughs> in Epiphany we celebrate, you know, Jesus turning, um, you know, water into wine. He's the Lord of matter. Right. Um, it doesn't obliterate matter, but uses. Yeah, within right? the. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you come to Lent, um, and Lent is a season that we we talk about infidelity and the pain and suffering. Of you know, if this is a love relationship between God and God's creation, there is this thing called infidelity that just wreaks havoc and, and hurts painfully. And so Lent is a time to really consider our participation in things that are not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um uh but also Lent means um the lengthening of days at least to spring. Oh, interesting. Right? So it's it's both a sort of in a sense a, a descent into a um a penitential understanding of our sinfulness, so to speak, but it's also about that very work is the sun that melts off the snow and the freezes and penetrates the soil and brings out new seeds and oh, wow. greening, right? Yeah. So then you have beautiful. Easter. Yes. And then there's the fourth book is on, the, on Holy Week. I won't go into all of these things. Fifth yeah. is about Easter. And then the last one, the seventh one is, a, or sixth is on Easter. Then the last one is on Ordinary Time. 
It sounds amazing. Like an amazing pilgrimage throughout the year that you yeah, can a pilgrimage. reflect on. Yeah. And it's not authoritative and it's not exhaustive and, and, and it's just my reflections yeah. um, as a, as someone that comes from a Protestant tradition that didn't observe these, that's fallen in love with the tradition. Hey, right. Right. So that's, it's kind of a, a, a um, Christian year for dummies kind of a, you know, <laughs> you know so to speak. Yeah. Sure. And there's yeah. lots of songs in there and, and there's, there's, there's links to my songs on the web, on the, on the, um, in the internet and stuff. Yeah. So. Well, I'm suspect there's people listening to this that haven't even considered church in a long time mm-hmm. or even that maybe were raised that way and mm-hmm. they've fallen away. And yeah. this one of the things I'm really appreciating about this conversation is just, it feels like a different perspective than what a lot of us were kind of raised to believe and think about. Right. So, um, I just, I'm, I love your work because of that. And it's not like a traditional Christian route that right. you've taken. And it, it's just, it's really, really inspiring to, to know that there's like those resources there that oh, people can reconnect. There, back. Yeah, we just need we need to reanimate them. Yeah. My mission statement is to refresh Christian faith and spiritual tradition for the weary and the wary. Oh wow! So that's my actual operating phrase. You know, like I, I keep on going back to that. But now I'll do that through singing songs. I'll do that through teaching, through retreats, through blogging, through writing books. But it's to refresh Christian faith and spiritual tradition for the weary and the wary. Yeah, and that's exactly what you've done here. Thank you. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Steve, you're a blessing, my friend. (laughs) You too. (laughs) Look forward to chatting some more. Yeah. Okay. Well, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Steve just as much as I did. Be sure to check out his music, his writing, um, his talks, his workshops. He's just doing an amazing amount of incredible things in the world. And you can find him once again at stevebell.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I wish you a wonderful week ahead wherever you are on the planet. And be sure to tune in again to the next episode of Let's Connect.